Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Don't you just love it? Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 8.03 the time. Hour number two here on Sports 56 Mornings, the Tuesday, January 9th, 2024 edition. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd. We're in the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. Their floor model sale continues at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Let's be honest, all mornings aren't the same. Sometimes, beautiful sunshine. Everybody's feeling good. Then there are going to be days like today where it's raining, it's cold, and the Grizzlies just lost Ja Morant for the entire season, for the rest of the season. So yeah. I don't even think Mama said there'd be days like this. No, no, no. Mama did not. But I can tell you it's overcast. There's showers. We're looking at 46 as a high. Right now it's 46. That's as high as it's going to get as far as the temperature. Uh, rain later today, rain into the evening, and then things will start to clear up a bit with a low of 30 tomorrow Mostly sunny, a high of 48 degrees, so the sun uh, will come out tomorrow, as they once said. But there is some snow in the forecast for early next week for the holiday Monday. Could be a very interesting big day, of course, for the Grizzlies with their annual MLK Junior Day game. I believe it's is it raining right now? Right now is it that, is, yes. Yeah. yeah, it is raining. It is raining, but of course, hour two of the program each and every day is brought to you by our friends at James Gaddis Jewelers. I got more on them a little bit later on, but since it's Tuesday... Let's give away $25 to Humdingers with our Humdingers trivia segment. That's right. Humdingers can brighten your day up. Taco Tuesday should always brighten your day up. Over at Humdingers, every Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. That means the chicken and fish tacos are just uh, $2 each. That's all day each and every Tuesday that you could take advantage of that deal. You could go mix and match, get a couple of chicken and a fish, or maybe you want to go all fish or all chicken or whatever you want to do. You can get those tacos for just $2 each every single Tuesday over at Humdinger's. Maybe it's not the tacos that you want. Maybe you're looking at one of those great grilled fish options or maybe the crispy fish and chips, maybe one of those uh, chicken dishes, a sandwich, a salad, any of that stuff. It's all great, all fantastic, very healthy items on the menu. Those great sides you can get as well. The Humdinger shrimp, which is a very popular item over there. If you want to just throw in a skewer of shrimp with the, one of those grilled fish options, you can do that. So many great things to, for you to choose from over at Humdinger's at Poplar and Massey. That's where you'll find them. You'll find them online, humdingersrestaurant.com, where you can check out the complete menu. Of course, for catering, they can do that as well. They'll take good care of you with some of that great food from Humdingers. If you are the first to answer the trivia question correctly, well, then you'll get a $25 gift certificate to Humdingers. You can answer the question via text at 901-360-8255, 901-360-8255. Text in the answers. And again, the first correct answer gets the $25 gift certificate to Humdingers. And here is today's question. Of course, last night with the Michigan Wolverines winning the national championship, their first championship in quite some time. The last time that Michigan won a national championship, who was the most valuable player of their bowl game? The last time that Michigan won a national championship, who was the MVP of their bowl game? 901-360-8255, 901-360-8255. Text in those answers, and you will get 
a if you're the first one with the correct answer, a $25 gift certificate to Humdinger. So I mentioned that somebody had texted about the jaw injury and does that give them an extra roster spot? Uh, it does not. Now, they do now have three guys out, obviously, with Ja Adams and Brandon Clark for an extended period of time. If they do get a fourth long-term injury, then they could use some hardship 10-day contracts like they did earlier this year when they brought in Jalen Noel and... They brought in Shaq the Harrison. Salsa, yeah. Shaq Harrison. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they if you have four guys out once they have missed at least three games, and if they're still expected to be out for at least two weeks, then you can use and that one you do not have to create a roster spot for. That isn't that they give you an extra roster spot. So right now you have three. If you ended up, you know, if Derek Rose suddenly was going to be out for a really long time, you could use one of those. So that's the rule: two weeks. It's. I think it's. It's. I don't know if it's exactly two. It's, you have to have missed three games. Mm-hmm. All four have to have missed three games, and all four have to be um, projected to be out for a significant time. I don't. I can't remember if it's two weeks or what. Now, they do for the injury. They can apply for a disabled player exception. That is simply a salary cap spot. But that you to to use that, which they already have one of those for Stephen Adams. His is like six million. Jaws is like twelve million. To use that money on somebody, you have to create a roster spot. That 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 doesn't allow you to use an extra roster spot. The hardship allows you to use have extra roster spots. The disabled player exception is simply a cap exception, but you have to have an open roster spot to put that player in if you're going to spend that money. So um, those are the the possibilities that they have. And again, right now, be, and unless... What was the Derrick Rose situation? What was the latest update on Derrick Rose? How long is Derrick Rose supposed to be out? They didn't, it wasn't one of those deals where they said two to four yeah, or anything like so, that. Yeah. Uh, unless something somebody else goes out for a significant chunk of time, then they could go, again, start signing some 10-day contracts using the hardship rule if four guys are out for that significant time. Yeah, and we'll talk more about the Grizzlies, the jaw injury with Drew Hill, who will join us at 925. we got Jeff Crane from the University of Memphis at 8.25, Zoe Goodson will join us at 9.05. Uh, if you missed it yesterday, the AP poll Memphis moving up. They moved up two spots. I wondered yesterday on the show whether or not they move up. Even though they've had narrow wins, the bottom line is they've won those games and other teams in the top 25 have lost. So Memphis has moved up to number 13 in the AP poll. What I didn't realize yesterday, I heard Jason Munns on with Dave Willotion. And I didn't realize this, probably realized it at the time, but I forgot that Memphis last year was 22 in the net when they, when the selection committee put together the seedings and Memphis still ended up a, were they an eight or a nine? They were the nine. They were the nine. They were 22 in the net. Right now they're what? 48 in the net? They were yesterday. I haven't checked today. Right, and they're sitting 13th in the AP. Again, the polls shouldn't matter too much. The net matters more, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Because you look at that schedule, you look at who they played, I don't care if they're 48th in the net right now. Jerry Palm, in his latest bracketology, and we'll have Jerry on tomorrow, had him as a three-seed. So just keep on winning, baby. And again, tomorrow night's their next opportunity against UTSA. But they moved up to number 13 in the poll. What were we gonna say? Well, I was gonna say the uh, the football team finished at thirty one, so technically thirty one. Oh, okay. So you got yeah they they were close. They got close to the top twenty five. So it's inverted. 
Yes, it is. They're 13th. They finished 31st. 31st is really good. I, I was wondering even if Memphis could sneak into the like back end of the top 25, but they gave SMU, the conference champions, the benefit of the doubt there. And I think, did Liberty get in there? even with Liberty stayed in 25. They stayed yes. in, even though they got crushed in the Fiesta Bowl. But back to basketball, Memphis moves up to 13th. Purdue is number one. They got 54 first place votes. Houston, the only undefeated team remaining in Division One basketball. They got seven first place votes. They're number two. Kansas got the remaining two first place votes. They're number three. Then UConn, the defending champions, are four. And Tennessee, a resounding victory over Ole Miss to open up conference play in the SEC. They're number five. Kentucky is up to six. Big win in Florida. 16th now is Auburn. Look out for Auburn. They go into Bud Walton Arena and beat Arkansas by 32, was it? Clemson, which lost to Memphis. 21st, Florida Atlantic still in the top 25. They are 24th despite the loss to Charlotte, coupled to quad four losses. And Ole Miss, with the one loss, dropped out of the poll. Uh, they would be number 27 if the poll stretched past 25. They got 125 points. All right, so just got this email. One of the great events that we have standalone events each year in sports the southern heritage classic which gets great attendance and uh, has been a tradition here in the city uh, they sent an email that the classic will continue to be played at simmons bank liberty stadium and i don't think that's a surprise but they have reached a deal uh, where they have a new contract through 2032 so summit management corporation which owns the Southern Heritage Classic. That's Fred Jones' company. And the city of Memphis reached an agreement that guarantees the use of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium as the venue for the game. What's interesting to me is they reached this deal yesterday. And the deal was reached with the city. And the city is about to give up the stadium to the University of Memphis I believe today, as long as the minutes from the last city council meeting from December are passed. And unless I'm mistaken, I think that meeting is today. So that's kind of interesting that they got that thing done with the city, whereas they'd be dealing with the university starting today or tomorrow. So I wonder what the numbers are i wonder if it's the same the same contract they've had in years past but the city they thank the city i am thankful this is from fred jones i'm thankful to the city of memphis for their support nothing about the university of memphis which again will take over running the stadium and southern heritage classic autozone liberty bowl game they will be tenants of the University of Memphis moving forward once this deal is ratified. It's already been passed. Now it just has to be approved in the minutes. But they were able, I guess, under the you know last second deal with the city for eight years. So I don't know if the university had anything to do with it. Apparently they did not. Yeah, I don't know. It, uh, they, they, I don't know how it all works, but I mean, they really couldn't make a deal with the university theoretically right now because the university doesn't control the stadiums. So it may have just been a, this is, you have to do it with the city now. Yeah, but uh, did they have to do it yesterday? 
it may have been part of the the either the city council or something to say this is what we want to get all this done to make sure that we could finally approve this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, maybe that's the case. I'd like more more clarification because it, it, I'm not sure when you're about to hand over a stadium from the city to the university that you're going to sign an eight-year deal with any venue. With I mean, not venue, but with any any company. I mean, you pretty much like wipe your hands clean, don't you? And say, okay, well, they're, they're taking over. Work with those guys. Deal with those guys. I... I I don't know. I thought it was interesting, the timing of this thing. Again, the deal reached yesterday. I wonder if those numbers are the exact same thing as in years past with that contract. Because that's the biggest concern from Fred Jones was different things within his contract that he was... And I understand where he's coming from to make sure that these things are taken care of the way it was before. When you have a, a new landlord, let's just say, things can be a lot different. The price can be steeper. They may not be the, the amenities that you got from the old contract or the old landlord, if you will. So, again, I'm interested to see where, where this is. But uh, one day before, again, things are supposed to be rectified, not rectified, but ratified today, then they get an eight-year deal to continue to play games at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. All right. The big news, of course, is John Morant. If you want to discuss that on the program you want to call in you want to text in you can we'll take your calls and texts on the sports 56 listener lines at 901-360-8255 other than the statement made by the organization I, i'll be curious to see what or hear what taylor jenkins has to say what the players have to say i mean i can only imagine they're going to say we're going to go out there we're going to be playing as hard as we can. We're going to try to win basketball games, and that's the way professionals do things. And I expect them to, to continue to do that. The problem is now you are handed once again a almost a death blow, if you will, of not having the best player and one of the best players in the league available for you to play games. Yeah, I, again, I've been... They're, they're going to talk about, hey, it's, just, it's another thing we have to go out and deal with, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I think most of them probably realize like this, this ends the season. It's <laughs> just bottom line is like there's that I, it, it pretty much puts the um, hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over oh, boy. on the season. Oh boy. I mean, it just, you're, you're trying to come back from a deficit to begin with. Um, doing that without John Morant the rest of the way, probably not going to happen. That's just um, it would be it would be one hell of a comeback if they somehow found a way to get in without John Morant with with John Morant playing only nine games for the season. If they found a way even into the play in, it would be damn near a miracle. Desmond Bain and or Jaron Jackson Jr. or both should be like top five MVP candidates at that point. Like it would, it, it would, it's it's pretty. And Taylor would be coach of the year. Like it would, it take a lot. Yeah, those guys and, and and the coaching staff they won't show it when they're publicly being asked a question. I mean, they'll keep a, a stiff upper lip and and talk positive. But it's got to be devastating to all of them because they just started to figure it out. And now all of a sudden you're hit with this type of news. Devastating news. Keith is dialed in on the Sports 56 listener lines. Hi, Keith. It's just a bad Monday, folks. It's, just, <laughs> it it's not a good one. Tiger Woods drops Nike or Nike drops... It's Tuesday, AM. though. It's I mean, Tuesday. Something, yeah. stuff, stuff, 
something's not right in the universe. It's just not right. And then John Moran goes down. I mean, my God. And then Tigers get uh, Mikey Williams goes into the transfer portal, and somebody else goes into it off the Tigers. So, I mean, it's just a bad day in Memphis for on a Monday. It's just a bad Tuesday. day. It's, it's a, a Tuesday, Tuesday Keith. <laughs> Tuesday, okay. Tuesday. Well, it all happened on Monday, though. It did, it did happen on the Monday. The news happened on Monday, but it is a Tuesday. <laughs> Hell, the hustle lost one of their best players. Jason Preston is signing a two-way deal with the Jazz. It's a mass exodus of basketball the players. The hits keep on coming, my friend. Thank you, Keith. Appreciate the phone call. Um, yeah, he had me checking my... Wait, it's... No, we did work yesterday, didn't we? Um, but yeah, I mean, he's right. It was just... it was It's devastating news. As far as the... He had mentioned, and something I was going to bring up a little bit later on, but since he mentioned it... Uh, you know, Tiger Woods, uh, it's not like Nike dropped Tiger Woods, right? Tiger Woods and Nike decided to mutually end their partnership after 27 years. One of the greatest player-slash-sponsor uh, relationships ever in the history of sports. Started in 1996 when Tiger turned pro. Um, look, Nike has done pretty well on its own, but my gosh, what Michael Jordan did for that company and then Tiger Woods did for that company. Astronomical. Whatever they got paid, well worth it. I don't know why the relationship... Well, in the case of Michael Jordan, whatever he could... What he continues to get paid, which is a whole bunch. Absolutely. And deserves it. And and it's well worth it. But I don't know why the, the ties were severed. I, I don't know. I mean, I would guess it's the fact that Tiger Woods doesn't ever play golf. <laughs> like... Wait, our, our apparel with you would help if you're actually on television once in a while yeah. wearing it. Yeah, but Michael Jordan doesn't play anymore. Um, he's got his own, he's got his line. Yeah, but I mean, you could do team, something. college teams are wearing, like his logo is still. Right, but you could probably do something with Tiger Woods, especially for golf apparel, for colleges and things of that nature. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. I mean, Tiger's going to do something else and he's going to be with some different company. I don't know which company it'll be. You're right. He's not on the course that much. I understand that, but. Still, that relationship, I think, would be uh, beneficial for years and years and years and years to come. And even when these guys are gone, you know, the Tiger Woods brand, the, the Michael Jordan brand. But, yeah, that's a, that was interesting news I saw yesterday after 27 years, Tiger Woods and Nike uh, severing their longstanding relationship. We did have a, another text that who's, uh, when I was talking about the hardship contract, all that stuff. Somebody said, if you want to use Vince Williams Jr. for the rest of the season, you have to move somebody's contract. Yes. Once... You could do it now if you want to, but you have up until Vince Williams has been active for 50 games. He could be active for 50 games on his two-way contract. After that, yes, you have to create a roster spot in order to continue to play Vince Williams Jr. because um, you'd have to put him onto a regular NBA contract rather than a two-way deal. Um, with the couple of games he missed due to injury, that would push it back a couple of games. Um, February 4th, because he's he was active, I believe, every game up to that point. So February 4th was is game 50, I believe it is. So now you could push it back a couple more games after that. That would be the deadline if he continues to be active the rest of the way, um, that you have to make that decision, which that would, again, now you're like almost right at the trade deadline mm-hmm. when, he would, when you would be getting to game 50 with him. So um, it gives you some time to still make a move and maybe trade somebody away to open that roster spot rather than just cutting somebody um, and costing yourself more money to to open that roster spot. We do have correct answer in the Humdinger's trivia. And uh, Zach, I do need your help here. Going to have a big tiebreaker coming up for you. 
Uh, the question was, the last time Michigan won a national championship, who was the MVP of their bowl game? Uh, the correct answer, um, not Tom Brady, although he was on that team. It was the quarterback for that team. It was not, and it, it was not Charles Woodson. It was not Desmond Howard. It was uh, those were two very popular guesses. It was the quarterback of the team. It was Brian Greasy. Yes, whose dad, by the way, was on the call of the Rose Bowl that mm-hmm. year. And of course, they shared the national championship that year, but they did get. Uh, they were a air quotes, national champion that year. That was the 1997 season, the 1998 Rose Bowl. Brian Greasy, the MVP of that game. I couldn't remember if they had won another one since 97, but I knew Greasy had won late in the 90s the national championship as the starting quarterback. They've only won. That's the thing. And again, Michigan is one of the great programs. Michigan's won one championship since the 40s until last night. Yeah, I had no idea. Like they're the winningest program, winningest all this program. Stuff, but they've had if one until last night they had one shared national championship since the forties. Wow! All right, Zach, we had four that came in with a tie here. So here's your choices. <laughs> don't do the Ninja Turtles again. No, I don't. I'm not going to repeat. We're going. We're going to his musical roots. Okay. What instrument did you say you played? Uh, the baritone. Okay. Um. Tuba, trumpet, trombone, saxophone. Tuba. Tuba. Going tuba. I didn't see you as a tuba guy. I thought for sure you were going saxophone. So did I. I would have I guaranteed saxophone. <laughs> you with I have no idea why. I just for some reason tick. thought saxophone was going to be your thing. Yeah. So you're going tuba. Okay, we'll contact our winner and let you know how you're going to get your prize. James Gaddis Jewelers is the second hour sponsor of Sports 56 Mornings, located at 4900 Poplar in the heart of East Memphis. It's between Mendenhall and St. Nick on the web at gaddisjewelers.com. Valentine's Day is just about five weeks away, less than five weeks away. You're looking for that uh, special something for that special someone. Head on over to James Gaddis Jewelers. Beautiful uh, variation of uh, watches, variety of watches, I should say, of rings, of custom-made jewelry, of gemstones and bracelets, necklaces and earrings and pendants. Romantics will love the one-of-a-kind estate and vintage jewelry, and they're always adding to their collection. I guarantee you, every time you go in there, there's something new. James Gaddis has experts to help you with wedding and engagement rings. If you're looking to pop the question here in 2024, plus two repair experts for fine watches and jewelry, layaway and financing is always available. They'll buy your gold, silver, and diamonds. And if you need something appraised, just bring it on in. James is a certified appraiser. James Gaddis Jewelers. Your family's jeweler, 4,900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick, on the web at gaddisjewelers.com. When we come back, we're talking University of Memphis Athletics with Jeff Crane. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. To reveal the full spectrum of its dazzling color. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 8.31 the time. Halfway home on this Tuesday edition of Sports 56 Mornings. Time now to talk some University of Memphis athletics with Jeff Crane. It's time to talk Memphis Tigers athletics. Joining Greg and Eli is University of Memphis Deputy Athletics Director Jeff Crane. Here's Jeff with Greg and Eli. Make sure to follow Jeff on Twitter at jcrane75. Catch him every Tuesday talking with us right here on Sports 56 Mornings. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Good morning, guys. Lots to get to. Lots to get to. I'll jump right in with the football team. And as Eli pointed out in our last segment, ended up 31st in the poll. If you stretch out the top 25, they'd be number 31, completing a 10-win season. So, Certainly a great finish with the win in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. And then Coach Silverfield making the call to elevate Jordan Hankins from his position as a linebackers coach to defensive coordinator. He went from interim D.C. to the full-time gig. Is that something where you just give the head coach, in this case Ryan Silverfield, the ability to to make the hires, or do you guys get involved when it comes to something like a coordinator hiring? Yeah, first, you know, just to just to talk about the the season as uh, as you had mentioned, what what a just a fantastic finish. I think that was then we probably talked about it last week, but I think that was just the just the the complete game we had been looking for uh, all season long, and and just a great way to to end end the season and end it at home in front of a great crowd. And just really proud of of the way that the staff prepared for that game and the way that our players went into that game. So often in bowl games, it's about what team wants it more, mm-hmm. and uh, and our, our guys clearly wanted wanted that win, and, and I think being at home uh, made it even more special. Now to talk about Coach Hankins, um, one of the one of the finest people I've I've ever uh, been around, uh, just a great person, and and a phenomenal coach. As as we talk to our student athletes uh, in the exit interview process, Jordan Hankins' name comes up over and over again with our student athletes as as somebody that is just highly respected. Among among our our program and, and the student athletes in it, and and those decisions are Coach Silverfield's. Um, you know, we give him some parameters to work within as it relates to uh, the 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 deal, so to speak. But mm-hmm. uh, but in terms of uh, the coaching staff and um, and and those uh, individual people, uh, those are those are his decisions, and uh, we're certainly supportive of uh, of each and every one. Uh, but but love it when when one of our own. Uh, has an opportunity to get promoted here because, as you see so often, um, this is a place where coaches from or you know programs around the country come to to find coaches, uh, not only in football but in in, our, in many of our programs. And so, anytime we can take a, a great coach like Coach Hankins and promote him, and uh, he can stay here, that, that's a that's a win win. On the basketball side, the team continues to move up in the polls despite a couple of uh, close shaves. Uh, they like to keep things interesting, which I guess is uh, makes it fun, makes it fun for the fans. Uh, although it's a little uh, not for Jeff's heart taxing on the fans, yeah. but uh, they do come up with a couple of wins. They continue to move up in the polls, so uh, things continue to be good on that front. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, our our concessions partners at FedEx Forum were particularly uh, appreciative of the way that game turned out because uh, everybody stayed 
stayed until the <laughs> absolute end and uh it, it kind of bled into dinner time so so i think we had a lot of concessions sold but over 12,000 people at that game on sunday i mean that you know that that is as unique as you can find i mean you're not going to find programs that have 10,000 plus mm-hmm. at, at basketball games uh <laughs> you could probably count that on on one hand uh, for sure no more than two hands so we're we're so fortunate uh, to be at a place where uh, where where people just care. I mean, they they really care about Memphis athletics, and uh, they showed it. And uh, they willed our team to that win. There is no doubt about it. That place was electric uh, at various points in that game when when our team needed it most. Our fans stepped up and uh, and gave them that that extra boost. So. Uh, lots of fun, and uh, looking forward to, to some more fun uh, tomorrow night versus UTSA. Well, since you uh, you mentioned concessions, uh, I, we got a text from Wayne who says he sits upstairs as his season tickets are in the upper bowl. He said most of the concession locations at that level were closed for the SMU game. Uh, any idea why, and will they be open for the UTSA game? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I don't I don't know the answer to that, but I'm glad to know that, and we will. Uh, we will we will have some conversations and uh, ensure that we get some concession stands open uh, upstairs tomorrow night. No doubt about it. So thank you for that input for sure. Yeah, and that's another thing with us uh, having the pleasure of having Jeff on the show each and every week. Uh, if you have a question or a comment that you want to make, I mean Jeff takes it to heart and he looks into it. So we appreciate all that that Jeff does. So yesterday the. The I'll call it a saga because it's it's almost been a soap opera. The whole Mikey Williams thing. Why did you guys feel it necessary to release a statement yesterday about his situation? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think there's there's been so much attention on on Mikey, and rightfully so. Uh, he's a, a phenomenal player, and, and he's been a part of our program. And so um, he made the decision to 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 move on and, and look at, at options in the transfer portal and. And we knew that you know ultimately those things become uh, very public, and it just felt like it was uh, it was it was the right thing to do uh, mm-hmm. by by him uh, to to make sure that that everybody was on the same page and, and speaking the same same language. And I think you you saw from uh, his family's comments that um, this wasn't about Memphis; it was about a, a fresh start, and uh, and we certainly respect that uh, that decision that he made. The with him and all that, and so for because it was, I guess I was, it was worded like the, the the process to make him a boy. What was it worded? It said uh, the university process for him to join the men's basketball program was yeah. underway. So, what is that process that was underway? Yeah. So, um, and, and I'll say that uh, this is something the NCA has put in place uh, within the last probably year and a half where each institution, uh, as mandated by the NCA, has to have a, a process for, for admitting student-athletes uh, that, that may be uh, in situations like, like Mikey was in. So okay. um, so the University of Memphis has that same process, as does every school in, in the country now. And, and, and that largely involves uh, university personnel uh, that, that review the case and, and have conversations and and, and there's there's quite a, a bit of dialogue that goes back and forth in, in these situations, and and ultimately uh, that's the process that was that was underway, and and frankly it's the same process that, uh, that the university goes through for any students uh, that are that are coming to school here. So um, it, it's not uncommon. Uh, it's something you see mm-hmm. um, everywhere. 
And, um, you know, those processes do take time, and, and we were we were going through those steps. Unfortunately for this, this program, they lose a, a key player in Caleb Mills, who I believe will have surgery today um, on his knee. My question to you is a question that I've been asked, and I, didn't, I don't have the answer. When a, when a player in his final year of eligibility gets hurt and loses at least half the season, um, there's no recourse, right? They don't get a chance to have another year. Is, what is the rule as far as that's concerned? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. If there's one thing I've I've learned in the last few years that there's uh, that there's rules for everything, but there's exceptions <laughs> for everything. Yeah, so is there a medical? So, you could get a medical. You can apply. He could apply for a medical redshirt, wouldn't he be able to? I write where they he yeah. can't, but I mean, you would think he would, right? Or he so, could. You know, the, the the real answer to your question is I don't. From from my perspective, I really don't know, <laughs> but 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 I do know that there seems to be uh, exceptions for everything, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would want somebody with more knowledge from our intake <laughs> compliance office to to better uh, speak to that. But um, you know I would say that whatever uh, the full extent that we could try to help Caleb in, in terms of uh, what he wants to do next, we would obviously be supportive and do everything we possibly can. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what those options are though. Your beautiful Leftwich Tennis Center has been open, but. I believe now that the tennis team is getting ready to play for the first time in it. We are, yeah, uh, this Friday evening, and uh, I know it's going to be cold, but the uh, but we'll be playing indoors, which is uh, which is uh, another phenomenal byproduct of of the Leftwich Tennis Center. So uh, we do get underway on on Friday evening with our first match, and uh, between our men and the women, we'll have twenty three matches there at Leftwich uh, over the next several months, and encourage people to come out, uh, certainly to support our men's and women's tennis programs, but just to see that phenomenal facility. And as we've talked about before, you know, Memphis is a, a special place and there's a special partnership between the university and the city. And, and that, uh, that opportunity at, at left, which is a, a prime example of, of, of that partnership. And, uh, what a phenomenal place. I mean, th- th- there is, you will have a hard time finding a better facility that any collegiate program gets to play in than Leftwich. So excited to get our tennis season underway. Is it free to get in? It is, yep. Free free to get in, absolutely. All right, final thing for you, the obligatory uh, stadium question. So tonight, if I'm not mistaken, the city council will meet, and what is expected is the approval of the minutes from December when it was voted upon and passed that uh, the University of Memphis will take over running Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Is that pretty much it in a nutshell? And if so, do you expect it to go smoothly? Yeah, that is definitely it in a nutshell. And, and the great news is, is we uh, get to uh, collectively uh, not hold our breath anymore. Uh, it seems like this has been going on for, for some time, and, and we, we definitely are uh, anticipating that we will have uh, no bumps in that road Uh tonight when those uh those minutes are, are finally approved and and then we'll we'll continue this this ownership transition process obviously these things are very complex lots of moving parts uh but but those conversations have been underway for the last several weeks and, and we'll continue and and we're just you know beyond excited about what this will do uh for our university and our athletics program and and really solidify our our commitment in an even bigger way mm-hmm. uh to to, to our football program and, and, and to, to enhancing the experience at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium because that's ultimately uh, where, where this is all headed. 
Will you be hiring more staff to run the stadium, or how does that work? We're very fortunate in that uh, the city has had a management company that has been managing the stadium uh, for, the, for the last several years. And so mm-hmm. uh, we will keep that relationship in place um, because there's a lot of historical knowledge there and, and, uh, and bandwidth uh, that they bring that we just frankly don't have today. Uh, but, you know, that could evolve over time. Uh, but for now, we're, we're elated to continue that relationship uh, with, with the management company. He is Jeff Crane, University of Memphis Deputy Athletics Director. You can follow him on Twitter at jcrane75 and listen to him each and every Tuesday talking with us here on Sports 56 Mornings. Thank you, Jeff. I'll see you over there tomorrow night. Thanks so much, guys. Go Tigers, go. Take care. Of course, tomorrow night being UTSA in town to play the Tigers in basketball at FedEx Forum. Uh, what if I just found is correct on the medical red shirt, you can't have played uh, more than 30% of your team's games. And he has. So if what I read is correct, I guess he would not be able to get a medical redshirt because he's played 14 games already. 14 games and they'll play 31 regular season games and then conference tournament, NCAA tournament. So, yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame to to end your career on that note. Yeah, obviously it's a... Not not the way anybody wants to see their career end. Again, I don't know if there are any other pathways to trying to get any sort of thing. But again, I did, and that's just something I found quick googling. I assume that's correct, but I don't I don't know that for sure. So as I mentioned, Tigers tomorrow night against UTSA. If you're uh, heading down to the game, fantastic. If not, you can catch it on ESPN Plus. Whether you're watching it at home or maybe want to watch it at any of the local establishments, I would suggest the Crazy Coop. They got the big screens there to watch all the games, all the great sporting events. Watch your Tigers at the Crazy Coop, 7199 Highway 64 between Appling and Kirby Witten. That's in Bartlett. There's also the Crazy Coop Express at 1315 Ridgeway off Poplar. The best hot wings in town. What makes them the best? There are 27 amazing chicken wing seasonings. You can get everything from the crazy sweet lemon pepper hot or the crazy suicide. And if you can't take the heat, get the four cheese roasted garlic, the barbecue bacon bourbon. So many different flavors to choose from at the Crazy Coop for their whole wings and party wings, their boneless wings, and those delicious chicken tenders. At the Bartlett location, they got the full menu. That includes catfish sandwiches, juicy half-pound burgers, all the great sides like the fried okra, green tomatoes, fried dill pickles. They will also cater events. So you got something coming up, whether it's a little small gathering or something pretty large. The Crazy Coop can take care of you. Just ask about their catering services. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. They're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. until 9 p.m. It's the Crazy Coop. You've tried the rest. Now try the best. Best hot wings in town at 7199 Highway 64 between Appling and Kirby Witten and the Crazy Coop Express at 1315 Ridgeway off Poplar Avenue. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, Back to Sports 56 Mornings. Isn't it a lovely morning? On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. 
The latest odds to win the national championship in college basketball, according to BetMGM, Memphis is plus 4,000. They are behind Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic is plus 3,500. The favorite to win, according to this, plus 800, still great payout, is Purdue. Arizona at plus 1,100, same with Houston. Kansas plus 1,400. UConn plus 1,500. Others, Kentucky plus 2,000. Tennessee plus 2,000. Auburn plus 3,500. Alabama plus 3,500 to win the Natty. So text here on the Sports 56 listener line, 901-360-8255, 901-360-8255. Grizzly Steve texted, says, I hope the organization doesn't start tanking for a draft pick. Uh, that's uh, having a losing mentality. We're proving, we are proven winners when healthy. I still think um, we could win 50% of the games remaining. Go Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think they're going to be tanking like all of a sudden like Desmond and Jaron aren't playing and stuff right. like that. I mean, right. as long as you got those two guys playing, you're still good. And Marcus Smart, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to go into full tank mode. Um, no, they're going to play to win, and, but it probably will turn out where it seems like they're tanking because they're going to lose a bunch of games. Yeah, you know, could they win? Go 500 the rest of the way. I mean, if all of those guys stay perfectly healthy for the rest of the year. Which, as we know with this Grizzlies team, chances of that happening are very, very slim. Uh, but yeah, if you if you stayed healthy the rest of the way, you, I mean, they're not going to be like you know the Detroit Pistons all of a sudden. But it's it's going to be the the chances of making the playoffs are very, very slim. Let's just say that. All right, so they played thirty six games. They're thirteen and twenty three. That leaves them forty six games. If they went five hundred, they'd be twenty three and twenty three. So that would get them to 36 wins. Again, it's not going to be close to get – well, it's going to probably be five games back of of getting into that 10th spot. They're not getting – they're not getting in. But they're not tanking. These guys are going to play hard. Um, it was great to see what they were able to do in Phoenix. Tonight, Jaron Jackson Jr. is questionable. Santi Aldama is doubtful. We know Ja is now out. They're playing Dallas. Friday, the Clippers come in. Saturday, you got the Knicks, who are unbeaten since the trade for OG Ananobi. Monday is Martin Luther King Jr. Day game against the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green is now back. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of tough opponents. You wish you got Detroit every single game, but that's not the case. I will say this. Um, I would expect that uh, a lot of the national television games going forward might get changed for the Grizzlies. <laughs> Just to... Just, Sad but true. Just, just a guess that some of those may not uh, may not be on national television anymore. Another texture says that the Grizzlies get a top six lottery pick. What should they target? A center, another small forward, maybe a combo guard to add backcourt depth and bench scoring. Um. Well, if they were to get a whatever pick they get, um, I would say if you're drafting that pick, to me it would just be you get the best possible player available the other thing is like right now you need a center but theoretically if if steven adams and brandon clark are both healthy going into next season you don't need a center or you'll be, be getting your third center so um partially will be determined i mean there's a lot of off-season stuff i mean again to me 
any pick they get in the lottery, if they get a high pick, it should be used, try to make a trade for somebody who could come in and help immediately because, again, you are in a win-now situation with the Grizzlies. So if you could get can use that pick, if somebody really wants that, some of these rebuilding teams want something and you could get a piece to come in and help right now, that's what I would be using the pick for. Is it possible they could package something with Steven Adams and trade him? With it, with a high draft pick, and then all of a sudden now your assets are strong. I don't know how many more years he has on the books. Maybe looking for a younger center out there. Who knows? But there's all kinds of possibilities. But you have to use that to your advantage if you end up getting a high pick in the lottery. People are saying it's not a great lottery. Who knows? Who really knows? Uh, we got a whole half of a college basketball season. Guys will be moving up the ladder. Other guys around the the world will be identified. So who knows at this point how strong a draft is. But as far as the original question, no. I do not see this team at all going out there, tanking. All of a sudden, Bain's not playing that much. Jackson's not playing that much. But God forbid you overuse these guys, overload them, that they get worn down and run down by the end of the season. You don't want to see that happen as well. You don't want to drop back and punt, but you got to be very cautious moving forward. And the worry is about Ja, not with this particular injury, but with injuries moving forward. Remember when we talked about Ja returning after 25 games, 57 games, right? We say, hey, 57 games. It's not like Ja's going to play all those games. 57 games, he's going to miss some games. Well, you'd already missed a few games. Of, he, he played in nine, he missed two or three of those games, and then now he's out for the season. So you weren't going to get the guy playing 57 games, but you were hoping that you were going to get him for the bulk of the games. That is just the opposite now with that news. Uh, another texture says, just when the Grizz were making a run in the West, they get the Joss season-ending injury. Yikes. Yeah, I, I don't know how much of a run they were making, but just as they were starting to play better, no question about it. The performance against the – now, granted, the Lakers had struggled. But subsequently, they came back and they beat the Clippers. The Lakers game, they looked great. They're hitting 23 out of 45 threes, which seems like an anomaly. But they came back and they hit 17 in in their win at Phoenix, playing against a finally fully loaded and healthy Suns team with Beal, Durant, Booker all in the lineup. That's only happened, what, a couple times this year? And you didn't have John. You went in there and won that game? Marcus Smart getting into a groove, but now you worry about all right, mentally, where are they? You got the guy back, and now he's done. Do you feel like uh, it's just one of those seasons, chalk it up, we'll get ready for 24-25, or are you determined to go out there and play like you did against Phoenix every single night, knowing that you don't have John Moran? This was, the, there's no doubt, this this was the best kind of, I think, people have felt about the Grizzlies. No question. After those two games. Because mainly because Marcus Smart. Like Marcus Smart started knocking down threes. Um, getting back to what you were hoping, you know, again that you weren't expecting eight out of fourteen or whatever he went in the Lakers game, but he's been a career that 33-35% guy. This year he had been at like 25% from three point range. He started knocking down threes. That gave you that extra shooter. So now you had Desmond, you had Marcus Smart, Jaron was playing great, and you're like, okay. Now I could see this, and it's immediately pulled right out from under you because now it's no job the rest of the way. So yeah, it's it is absolutely it's just a it's a it's been a cruel cruel season 
for the Grizzlies from the basketball gods. And again, now, listen, if Ja was going to get hurt and miss a big portion of a season, I guess you just well have it happen now, get it over with while you've got Steven Adams out for the year, all that stuff, and then hopefully everybody's healthy next year, and maybe you can actually stay healthy for next year uh, for the most part rather than have season-ending injuries all over the place. I guess the question is, is Memphis a top-10 team in the West without John Morant, Steven Adams? Are they a top-10 team? Well, if they are, they're barely a top-10 team, but you what you had hoped is when you started the season that you were fully healthy and you were integrating Marcus Smart right off the bat that he was going to be Marcus Smart, and he wasn't Marcus Smart early. You got yourselves into a hole. You figured it was going to be tough. And so now, without John Morant, you look up and you go, how can we get back in this thing? It's almost impossible just by the sheer numbers. Do I believe that this team, when they're clicking like they did against Phoenix without John Morant, is a top 10 team in the West? Yeah, I would think they're a fringe top 10 team. I think they could be an 8th, ninth, 10th place team, but they're so far behind now that it's just not going to happen. I don't believe they're a top 10 team without John Morant. No. Well, if they play like they played against Phoenix, if Marcus Smart is doing what Marcus Smart can do, plus Kennard's healthy and everybody else is healthy, and you're getting Clark back... Hopefully, fingers crossed, in early March or late February. If the Grizzlies are a top 10 team without their best player in their starting center, they're the best team in the NBA when healthy. I'm talking like ninth or 10th. Could they be better than those teams right now, like a Houston? Could they be better? Maybe. I'm not saying they would be or they, they are, but I guess they could be, again, if we saw the type of Grizzlies team we saw in Phoenix on a consistent basis. The problem is it's not going to be consistent. They're not going to only shoot the three ball like they did in, in the last two games where they made 43s in the last two. And they're going to have other injuries, unfortunately, just the way it is. All right, we'll take a timeout when we come back. Hour three of the program. It's our weekly road segment. Zoe Goodson will join us, and then we'll talk more about the Grizzlies and the loss of John Morant with Drew Hill. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.